Thank you for listening to the Place Prince podcast and for taking this journey across the UK and into the imagination of one of our true visionary artists, David Rudkin. We wanted to give you a quick insight into how such an epic project came into being and how a writer took it upon himself to travel the British Isles, seeking out remote and sometimes harsh locations and giving a voice to the stories, characters and hidden histories that he found there. The story of this work begins more than 10 years ago in which Gareth Evans, a writer, producer and curator, offered a provocation that led to Rudkin first taking this extraordinary journey. Here they are, Gareth Evans and David Rudkin in conversation. Well, thank you very much indeed, David, for being with us. It's great to have a chance to speak about the whole Place Prince project now that it's complete after a number of years. In fact, I think over 10 years since we first met and uh, I approached you with this idea of re-enchantment for a project that I was involved with uh, back then, uh, which took three years to realise and took a number of different forms. But I was always extremely keen to speak with you about the idea of what what re-enchantment, with all the inherent contradictions that come with such a term, might mean in relation to place across the British Isles. And you responded, I remember, uh, as always, with great rigour and enthusiasm. And I just wonder if you could share with us what what the the initial sense of that uh, invitation uh, was to you and whether it's uh, significantly altered, if you like, over the years, the, the actual genesis of the Place Prince project. I was thinking then in terms of constructing something in words, in language and sound, which would be rather like the the vertical core sample that uh, marine geologists take when they send a long tube down into the sand of an estuary or somewhere and bring up um, a sample of the stratification of the riverbed or seabed history there in a grain of sand, so to speak. And I thought that what I might produce would be something along the lines of the traditional audio guide that you have um, on hand um, at an art gallery or a heritage site where you can press a button with the number of the feature you are currently standing in front of and you will get a commentary or a piece of dramatization that will enlighten you as to that particular thing you're looking at. And that concept of the audio guide, although it it didn't stay with me as a governing program, it still lurks in some of the place prints in their ultimate form over 10 years later. So once you'd established, you know, at least however temporarily, this this idea in your head, how did you then seek out and uh, select the 10 places in question? Before long, I found myself coming up against the concept, which was then new to me, in so many words, the concept of the place print. And I owed it personally to a friend of my wife's who was a medium, and she was asked to come down to a hotel near where we lived, where a guest or um, one of the staff had seen what looked like a film extra in a period drama walking through a wall where there might 200 years ago have been a door. And uh, our friend, Leia, the medium, she said, oh, that sounds like a place print. 
And I think that was the first time I'd heard that term. And uh, that stuck with me. And it did become the governing principle of the entire sequence. But I didn't know then how many there would be, how many locations, nor on what exact principle they would be chosen. That had to, as it were, discover itself. But I thought I would start it's a good place to start. I thought I would start somewhere as near to the centre of England geographically as it is possible to be. And uh, at first I thought of historical things that I might conjure up somehow or other. But I found that very unsatisfactory. It wouldn't budge for me. And it wasn't until quite a long way into the thinking uh, that I came up with the idea that ultimately became place print number one. And already, even in place print number one, it's somewhat unorthodox in its application of the place print notion, because a place print, as I was beginning to understand it, and as my friend Lair understood it, was something that we see that has printed through into the now, and we're privileged to have a glimpse of it, glimpsed and gone. But what is unorthodox by even place print number one? is that it is the place print that's doing the seeing. I mean, it's interesting, this idea of the medium being a prompt uh, to your kind of discovering and, and working with this with this concept of the place print. And the medium, of course, is a form of transmission. And the medium of the uh, current experience, the medium of the podcast, of being able to listen personally wherever you might be to these extraordinary voices uh, from place, from the past, from the present, very prescient as well at the same time, is a, is a new departure in your work in terms of the transmission uh, device, shall we say. But of course, that deep sense of place runs throughout all your work, whether for the screen, uh, for the radio, in radio drama terms, or of course, for the stage. And I'm struck by your mention of what became the first uh, place print river, of course, being more or less central uh, to the country, because in that we find just one of many examples of where there's a direct reference if you like, a kind of shared um, sensibility around location, uh, to uh, your play The Saxon Shore, where Avonna is uh, part of that dramatic landscape that you conjure up for us at the end of the Roman period. And so I wonder how you think about the place prints generally now as a completed project in terms of where they sit alongside your other interrogations, deep interrogations into place in other media. When I started thinking about this project, The Place Prints, I wasn't conscious of it having any relation at all thematically or technically to anything that I had done before. I, I was thinking of it rather as a, hmm, some hope. A, a radical break with my own creative past, with no continuity visible. Well, of course, that's never really going to happen because the, the old fingerprints, let alone the old place prints, are always going to be there. Though at the background of many a conversation that one might have with myself, and indeed you and I have often had, we do think of a particular television film that you know very well called Pender's Fen, which is riddled we're layered with place prints, isn't it? And some of them are, are given verbal signifiers, textual signifiers on the screen. So there is certainly an ancestry in my earlier work to this cycle that we are now talking about. Yes, there is. 
there is this sense of you being drawn to the edges of landscape, to coastlines, to borders, to spaces beyond the kind of settled and, and the easily framed. So when you started at the centre of the country, you moved rather quickly in terms of the overall project to these places that you're drawn to as a person, let alone as a, as a creative writer. And I wonder if your sense of some of the places that you have revisited has changed because of this kind of writing that you've applied to them? It gradually grew, but it didn't grow to 10 because I had to get 10 in. It grew to 10 because that was the shape of the diagram that began to present itself to me. I moved eastward across the county for place print number two, and then already uh, the third place print was beckoning to me from about 50 miles south, and then totally fortuitously, uh, when I was... um, staying with family down on the Sussex coast, I picked up a local paper uh, which had an article about a Stone Age dig going on nearby, a new archaeological site. And I thought I'll pop along and have a look at that. And there was place print number four. And on my way back home from that, I blundered into something that fought for supremacy in the slot number four. And it began to infect the archaeological place print so that I had to make a choice in the end and have a double place print in number four. And it was after that then that the net began to spread in a rather wide loop out through Cornwall. And then it became logical to me that having gone into Cornwall, that I should start to loop up through Wales. So then, logically enough, take in the Celtic countries, uh, and Ireland as well, and then Scotland, and gradually loop back down toward the centre. So there was a logic in it, and you can see it on the map. So in the end, yes, they chose themselves. Uh, and yes, you're right. There is a liminality about them, uh, not just in the sense of being out on an edge geographically or in some extreme place geographically, but also in some place that might seem quite safe, spiritually, psychically, morally, emotionally safe, but turns out to be a threshold. So that old instinct to go out to edges found its fulfillment in a a new geometrical way in some of these. While it seems particularly resonant that it's appearing uh, in the current phase that we find ourselves in, of course, as, as is clear, it's been developing over a decade or more and absolutely has the rigour and the uh, uh, integrity of approach that you brought to all your work, regardless of media. Given that we're going to be hearing voices, voices are going to come from places uh, remote to us, or the majority of us at this time, and, and are going to be imagined uh, fully, richly and deeply for us uh, at a time where we can't easily visit them. I just wondered, to, just to close, if you could just give us a little sense of, of how you found the location of the voice uh, across the place prints. The answer to the question, whose voice is it going to be in number two or number four or whatever, or the voice of what is it going to be? 
I, again, um, at the outset, once I had found what I thought was a secure and abiding concept, principle upon which to work, my first thought was, well, that's that conceptual problem solved. I simply have to do nine more along these lines and I'm done. But life doesn't work out for me like that. I found already in number two that whereas in number one, the voice is the voice of a human place print looking at us. Already in number two, the voice is the voice of a building. And in number three, the voice is the voice of an earthwork. And it's only when we get to number four that we have something that remotely resembles good old-fashioned radio drama with, with, with people in a studio pretending to be fictitious characters blundering on a place print, as it were, which proves to be quite a threshold for one of the characters because she falls down into the place print. And number five... The voice is, it's the voice of a remote path in the in far west Cornwall. So the path is our guide to itself. And I consciously chose to have a placement, at least one, that would be a substitute for being there for people who could not get there because they couldn't they couldn't drive or disabled in some kind of way or at least they were prevented by some some situation from traveling to this place so i thought i would send them a place print all they needed to do was close their eyes and i would take them there and that's a very uh, topical idea really suddenly because a lot of people are doing virtual journeys. And this is, in a sense, number five, a virtual journey, but it's in words alone. David, that's tremendous. And what an invitation to listeners, I think, to immerse themselves fully in the extraordinary range of the Place Prince project, uh, both in its in its location, its thematic, and of course, crucially, as you've, as you've just mentioned, so resonantly in, in the terms of the voice. This is a, a project that's taking the uh, idea of the podcast, the idea of a dramatic audio work, a sonic work in the fullest way, um, onto a whole new level, I think, of encounter, both with place, but also with the medium of transmission. Many, many thanks indeed to you for persisting over the decade and realising this incredibly ambitious project, which we can now all enjoy, of course, wherever we may find ourselves across uh, the planet. And a huge thanks to New Perspectives Theatre Company uh, for enabling that uh, process with such skill, dedication and commitment. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and onwards, as I know you already are, onto future work. Thank you so much indeed, David Rudkin. That was Gareth Evans in conversation with David Rudkin about the Place Prince audio series, which is available to listen to now. Thank you to The Space and to Arts Council England for making this work possible. And of course, thanks to you, the listener, for joining us in listening to what the land has to say. <laughs>